0: Good morning, and welcome to Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church. We're glad you're here on this uh, spring break weekend. I am not here. I am enjoying spring break. I'm sorry that you're not, but I do hope you get to uh, enjoy some time this week to rest and uh, relax. If you're a family out of school, I hope that's what you get to do. So let me pray, and then we'll uh, jump into this. Father, I do ask your blessing on this time. I ask that you would lead us into your word, and that this would be a powerful message for each one that is here this morning. Uh, no accident that they're here, uh, and uh, we, w- we want to see your powerful word go out and do its work. We ask you to do that now, in Christ's name, amen. When I was in seminary, uh, I took a battery of tests. I think that's what they call it, a battery, which is kind of funny because uh, it feels like it's pummeling you, you know, all of these tests. And, and, and in particular, these were like, Personality tests, strengths finder, uh, they, they, they measured all sorts of things about me. Uh, they measured my emotions, my personality, my gifting, my vertical jump, the decibel level of my snoring. You know, all that stuff was covered. I mean, they, they didn't leave any stone unturned, it, w- it was all there. And then they would give you the test, and, and, and hopefully, you could learn some insights about yourself. So I did all the tests and and, and I found out that emotionally uh, I'm pretty steady. You know, I don't hit too high of highs and I don't hit too low of lows. And and that, that's kind of a helpful thing I think personally. But that doesn't mean that I haven't felt the pain of discouragement. It doesn't mean I haven't felt anxiety. It doesn't mean I haven't felt those times where you you, you hit a low and and uh and I say that to say that I know as well as anybody the great need for encouragers in my life. I have people that speak into my life that, that, that tell me things that they see about me and about situations that I find myself in and, and, and it's so, so good for me. They, they pray for me, they email or they call or I have breakfast with them but, but they're speaking into my life and they're encouraging me. I want to talk about encouragement this morning, and I believe we all need this. I think when you look at the world, when when, when you look at uh, all the things coming at us that are negative, I mean, you look at our news, for example. I mean, if I'm scrolling down my news feed, I mean, th- th- there could be, uh, let, let's say that there were, let's say even 50% of the stories, which is not, not true at all, but let's say 50% of the stories were like... Positive, like like these good things are happening. People are being rescued. The fires being put out, and, and all these good things are happening. Uh, do you want to read that, or do you want to read the fire that that, that devastates, or or the terrorism attack, or or these bad things that are happening? And, and unfortunately, that's what gets our attention. That's what gets my attention. Those are the things we click on because negative news just 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 grabs us and i think that's it's easy to go down that road it's easy to look at life and and see so many negatives and let that kind of overtake us I mean, it's almost, like, it's almost like a siren song, isn't it? You know, if, if you're up on your Greek mythology, right? The, there, there was the sirens, those ladies, and they would sing off this rocky coastline. And when sailors were sailing by, they would hear the beautiful song and, and, and they would steer their ships into the rocks and then wreck their ships and they would be doomed. Uh, and, and because the, the song was so beautiful, you would just steer towards it. And there's something in us that is attracted to negativity, even though it's not really doing us any favors. And don't get me wrong. I I'm not saying we're supposed to stick our head in the sand, you know, and, 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 and la, 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 I'm not going to hear anything negative. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying our, our diet often consists mostly of those things. And, and, and they can kind of overwhelm us. I think the other, the other thing we all face is... You know, we get up and, and and the first thing we do in the morning is we look in the mirror and we say, oh, that needs some work. You know, the hair, the teeth, uh, the shaving, you know, I, I got to do something. And, and if you're a woman saying that, you probably feel even worse. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I got to shave. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's funny. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, in any case, you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror and, and you see something and maybe you like what you see or you don't like what you see, but The Bible is also called a mirror, and it says things about us, positive things that we need to hear. The problem is so many of us hear the negative. We've heard people say something to us, or when we look at our own life, we see the mistakes, the failures, the places we didn't measure up. And those are the things that dominate our thoughts instead of the good things that often other people see in our lives. We look in the mirror, and that is what We see. Show of hands. Okay, you can raise your hand for this. How many of you heard a complaint in the last week regarding something that you were associated with? You know, I don't know if that's a work complaint or, you know, something in your family, but someone complained and it implicated you in some way. Anybody? Anybody have that? Okay. Now, how many of you heard a personal encouragement Someone spoke something to you that lifted your spirits and said a good word to you. How many of you heard something good in this last week? I'm not surprised. Okay? I I I see, and the reason I'm not surprised is because I have no idea who raised their hand. I I, I can't see. That's the reality. Okay? Um I'm not surprised because I'm here, here talking to a video. In any case. Um, I believe, I don't know how the hands went this morning, but I believe we're much more apt to hear the negative word about us than the positive word about us. Whether that's our own self-talk or whether that's other people, uh, th- this is what's coming at us. And, and the encouragements are more few and far between, which is why I believe the church desperately needs encouragers to do their thing, and even if you're not an encourager at heart, for you to pick that up and and, and run with it, that you would become better at encouraging other people. This is what we need in the church. So uh, we're picking things up in Acts 11. If you would turn there in your Bibles, there should be a Bible in front of you in the chair if you need that, a blue Bible. Please pick that up and uh, turn to Acts 11. And we will be jumping in here at verse 19. Before we get to 19, I'll catch you up on what's been going on. Uh, the interesting thing is, and, and Mohia did a great job last week talking to us, preaching about uh, Peter's vision. The Apostle Peter has a vision, and there's all these unclean foods these, these animals and apparently they're they're alive and and the, the pigs are oinking you know and, and and he's hearing all this noise and 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 then he hears god's voice and he says rise peter kill and eat and peter's thinking i'm a good jewish man you know i follow the laws like these are old testament laws this is something they didn't call it the old testament that was the bible you know that was their sacred scriptures and it says they're foods you don't eat because if you were an Israelite, if you were a Jewish person, th- there were things that set you apart from the nations. It was the way you talked, the way you acted, who you worshiped you wouldn't worship a variety of gods, you worship the one true God, but mixed in with those laws you know there's there's moral laws there there's rights and wrongs, and those moral laws go on forever you know they 're always applicable but but in, in the law there's also these Uh, customs and rituals that uh, set the people apart from the other nations, from from their neighbors. And, and, And some of these laws are dietary laws, what you can eat and what you can't eat. And the amazing thing is, God tells Peter to eat some of these unlawful, unclean foods. And it shocks Peter. And the amazing thing is, what God says is, The point of the whole vision is I've cleansed the Gentiles. There's no longer this separation between Jew and Gentile, uh, my people and people who are not my people. It's like Gentiles are fully welcomed into the kingdom. All they have to do is accept the salvation of Jesus Christ. They don't have to follow the rituals of the law. They don't have to offer sacrifices. They don't have to follow the dietary laws. They need to follow the moral laws. Those, those get repeated over and over in the New Testament. I mean, th- those are those are all the way through. But there's these other customs in the law that are now that, that they've been changed because of Christ. There's a new perspective on them. And Peter gets that perspective. And the amazing thing is, I mean, I, I can't Overestimate, I can't overemphasize how important this vision is. That now there's nothing between us, standing between us and the Lord. Gentiles are fully welcomed in to the kingdom of God. Um, the amazing thing is, in chapter 10, the vision is told, right? In chapter 11, uh, Peter's getting questioned by people in the church in Judea. And they're like, you know, we heard you ate with Gentiles. What's up with that? You know, we don't do that. You know, what are you doing? And Peter's like, he explains the vision. So again, you see Luke devoting a large chunk of text to repeating this vision thing. And that tells you how important this vision is in the book of Acts. This is a game Changer, we are welcomed into the family of God, us Gentiles. The beneficiaries are you and me. That's what this is about. So um, Peter tells the vision, and he's like, the Holy Spirit came upon them, you know, and it was just like us, just like us at Pentecost. They have the Holy Spirit, and 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 they they believed in Christ. And the church responds and says, and I love it. I think it's verse eighteen. It says, this is eleven eighteen. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life so so, so they heard this and uh, the, in some translations say they fell silent they fell silent and, and I love that very literal way of talking about it it's like they heard Peter talk and then it was like whoa. And then they praised God, you know? It was like, it was all sinking in. Like, like, like one of those when you, you don't get a joke right away, and then you're just like, oh yeah! And then you start laughing, you know, and everybody looks at you funny. I mean, that's, that was the shocking moment for them. It was like, oh my goodness. The Gentiles are all in. This is amazing. Uh, so, anyway, now. We pick it up in verse 19. And what happens in verse 19, well, we'll start reading it. It says, now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, that was was a few weeks ago we looked at Stephen, right? He gave his life and then then the church scattered. They traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch telling the message only to the Jews. So what's going on first of all is they're only talking to Jewish people because this is a Jewish message, a Jewish Messiah, and it hasn't expanded to the Gentiles yet. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears in the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, Antioch is going to become a a central hub of Christianity. It's going to be ascending city, ascending church. Antioch's going to be a big deal in, in, in the life of the church. And this is just the beginning of it. There are Jewish Christians that bring the message to the people of Antioch and they believe. And then it says when in verse 22, when the people in Jerusalem heard about this, they sent Barnabas to investigate it. Barnabas. That's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk to you about Barnabas. We learned earlier in Acts, in Acts chapter 4, that uh, Barnabas was the guy who uh, sold his field and brought the money from this property and put it at the apostles' feet. And and then then later, Ananias and Sapphira want to kind of do the hypocritical thing and act like they're also selling and giving the whole amount of money, you know, and and, and then there's a whole confrontation with Peter. Um, Barnabas did that. He was a noteworthy man of God, and it's not that he was trying to get, to get people to uh, think how great he is. He, he just did this thing, and Luke wanted us to know this thing that he did in selling this property. It was noteworthy. And I think that's true of the encouragers in your life as well. Because we're going to talk about Barnabas today and how he is an encourager. The, The encouragers in your life, I believe they are noteworthy people. I believe that even if they're not your closest friend, when you're around an encourager, it is a noteworthy experience that stays with you. Maybe I've told this story, but I remember my last day of Moody Bible Institute. It was in December of 2001 my last night, and I was graduating a semester early, which means most of the guys on my floor were not leaving, you know, and they weren't saying goodbye to everybody, but I was, you know, that was my last night. I remember I climbed into bed, it was after midnight, and I was I was going to sleep, and I fell asleep, and I was awoken by somebody who climbed into the top bunk with me and, and, and woke me up and gave me this goodbye hug, and it was Kenny. And, and, and you know, Kenny... It's not that we were the closest friends, I know we were on the we were on the same floor together. We talked, um, but but Kenny he was an encourager, and and it's not that we got super close, but whenever he did talk to me, it was always like uplifting. It was always like put your arm around me. I mean that's just who he was. And so you know who's this guy waking me up at two a.m. You know, and it's Kenny because that he just wanted to make sure he didn't miss a chance to say goodbye and wish me well on the next steps i think i was getting married in a week you know one week you know so he was just didn't want to miss that chance even at 2 a.m and it's like those are the things encouragers are such noteworthy people they're so noteworthy the other thing we know about barnabas is uh we kind of skipped over this a few weeks ago but when when saul first got saved remember he's persecuting the church everybody's freaked out about saul because he wants to kill people and bad guy and then he meets Jesus he has a vision and he gets changed radically and and when the other disciples heard about it uh, acts Luke tells us that they they wouldn't let him in like they literally like wouldn't let him in the house. I, I just get this picture of like Saul knocking on the door. Hey guys, I'm one of you now, you know, let me in. Really, I'm changed, I'm different. And they're like, yeah, right, get out of here, you know. Shh, don't, 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 don't say anything, you know. There's, there's like, Saul's at the door. And, and it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like there's a terrorist at your door. Do you let the guy in? No, no, leave, keep him out there. Don't let that guy in. And Barnabas had to vouch for Saul. Barnabas had to say, this guy's legit. This is his story. And I think it's true again of encouragers that they see the best in us, don't they? Don't they look at us and they see something that we don't even see about ourselves at times. That's what encouragers do. We need them. The church needs them so badly. But this is the main thing I want to say about encouragers today. This is my main point. It says in verse 22, when the church in Jerusalem heard about Antioch, when they heard about the people that were getting saved, who'd they send? They sent Barnabas to them. Barnabas was the perfect man to go investigate this church because Barnabas would bring the welcome of God. I mean, it, it's no it's no um, accident that Luke retells. Peter's vision in Acts 11, the first part. The Gentiles are welcomed in. There's no hostility anymore between Jew and Gentile. You can eat with them. They are all in. And that was such a radical thing, which is why they were all silent when they heard it. Like, oh my goodness, this is a game changer for us. And Barnabas was one of those natural guys that you would want to ask and say, go down there and and investigate what's going on and bring them. The welcome of God so what I want to say to you encouragers today when you encourage what you're doing is bringing the welcome of God you are bringing that to the people that you're talking to and that's why it's so important to have encouragers in the church, that we would be a church of encouragement, welcoming each other instead of dividing and conflicting and disunity and arguments and negativity. Man, get rid of the negativity. We need people bringing the welcome of God to one another. It doesn't mean we avoid the hard things, but it means even in the hard things we are for one another encourages bring the welcome of god into the church it it, barnabas means barnabas means son of encouragement and that's not his original name i just just want you to know that that's not his his original name was joseph which means uh, god increases or god will increase that that's joseph good jewish name you know you think of joseph and mary good name but Here's the name that describes Barnabas so clearly as son of encouragement. He is a son of God. And God is actually descri- described as a God of encouragement. Uh, so like Romans 15, 5 and first, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 4, uh, both of those passages, Paul says, God is the God of encouragement. He is the paraklesis, the paraklesis, Right? Um, the, means encouragement. Barnabas is the son of periclesis. He is the son of encouragement. He's just like his dad, the Lord God Almighty. And he's bringing encouragement into people's lives. Uh, Psalm 3 3 says, God is the lifter of your head. When you think, when you think of God, do you think of him as a lifter of your head? someone who when you're downcast he would by the way encouragement also means comfort i mean those two words are connected encouragement and comfort are connected that that's if you read uh, second corinthians 1 it talks about the god of comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles god lifts up our head that is who he is as a good father to us and Barnabas is a son of encouragement. He's bringing the welcome of God. So he's going to inspect the church in Antioch. Let's see what these Gentiles are up to. Is this legit? Are they believing the real thing? Are they mixing in other false religions? You know what, what's going on here, and and that's what he's going for. Now, uh, so I, I want you to think about it like this: when we think of people inspecting, I mean that, that's the word I've used here. Um, when we think of inspectors, I, I don't want you to think of like um, a job interview. You know, it, it, it's not that. A job interviews sometimes people like want to see like, you know, let me see your weaknesses. Let, let me, and, and you, don't, you don't even know if this person's really on your side or not. But but they're there to look into your life. And, and Barnabas didn't go into it like that. Uh, he didn't go into it. I, I think of like a few, a number of years ago, I did a church planners training. Uh, the EFCA sponsored it and sent me to it and, and, and one of the leaders in the EFCA said it'll be a great weekend for you and your wife uh, to be at this thing and, and, and it's you get some training you get some evaluation it'll be a great little getaway for you and I'm telling you it was the worst getaway I mean, uh, with all due respect it, it, it was rough it was really rough because here, here I was sitting in a circle with other pastors talking about the church talking about church planning and, and there was like a group of evaluators sitting on the outskirts. And they wouldn't really necessarily talk to you in the moment, they, but they had their notepads out and they're taking notes on us. I felt like I was in a fishbowl for two days straight. Two days straight. And, and, and then at the end of it, they would give you um, an evaluation on you. And it was a good evaluation. Don't get me wrong. I like Evaluations are good. You know, and, and they said some good things I needed to hear. It said some things that were really off as well, but that's okay. You know, no, no harm done. Uh, in any case, I remember uh, one of those church leaders saying to me, uh, Niall, was that a good getaway for you? What, wasn't that good? And I was like, no, it wasn't good. I was in a fishbowl. I was like being evaluated every single moment that I was there. And, and you could just feel that. Um, and, and Barnabas doesn't go to Antioch like that, like, you know, and some of us think of God like that, like like He's taking notes on us. You know, well, I, I saw I saw you the other day, and and I, I heard you swear under your breath, you know, or I, I saw you swear in your mind, and I marked that down because that wasn't right, you know. And, and sometimes, you know, and I, I know God sees all of our sins. I, I understand that, but some of us view God uh, primarily through this lens of like he, He's He's keeping the big tally, and, and, and He's and He's always negative. We see God as a negative, negative, negative God. And yet, he's the God of welcome. He's the God of everyone in. Eat the unclean animals. You're unclean. I want you in my kingdom. I want you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you in. The unclean has been cleansed. And so Barnabas goes not as, you know, Inspector, you know, Sherlock Holmes, I'm going to find out, you know, and not like that, but he goes more as a friend That you would call over to your house. Because maybe you have some problems with your with your pipes, your plumbing, and, and you invite a friend over that knows a thing or two. I do this because I'm I'm not the handiest guy, you know? And and the friend comes over and they look and they're able to speak into it. And they're even able to help you with it. Barnabas doesn't go with a notepad and say, I'm gonna go back and report now. He goes and he encourages them. He brings them the welcome of God. And encouragers are amazing because that they are able to look and see things in your life and they're able to call it out in you and, and and you know that they're not being negative about it. Even if they have to say something hard, even if they have to say something that is a criticism, they're able to do it in such a way that's a beautiful thing and we need those people in the church. It, I'm saying encouragement does something deeply spiritual in our life. I'm going to describe it more in a second but what, I, what I'm saying, is, it's not like this. It's not like... You had friends over, and and, and your friend says, those were amazing tacos. Taco Tuesday was amazing. Thank you so much for those tacos. You were a great cook. I enjoyed every bite. And hopefully when I go to bed tonight, I I won't feel those tacos all night long. Right, right? You're okay. That's like a compliment, you know, and and that can be encouraging. Don't get me wrong, but but I'm not talking about compliments necessarily. I'm talking about encouragement, bringing the welcome of God into people's lives. I want to show you how Barnabas does it. So Barnabas arrives in Antioch. This is verse 23. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Okay, what what does he do? Now, you know, Luke doesn't tell us like a ton of details here. I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's really just a summary, isn't it? But what you get from the summary of this is he arrives and he sees grace. People that bring the welcome of God to you can see your your life, and they're often able to see grace how God made you, how he designed you, the grace that he's working into your life. Maybe they see some spiritual battles in there as well, but they're able to see grace. And often I think it does make them glad, just like... In verse 23, he saw evidence of the grace of God and he was glad. Encouragers see it and they're excited to see what God's doing in your life and they're excited to call it out. And sometimes they call it out and you're like, I I didn't know that. I didn't see that. I'm too busy looking in in the mirror and seeing all the flaws in my life. Sometimes I miss the grace of God in my life. And encouragers see it. And they call it out. Look at that. Look at that. And you're like, I didn't even see it. They're noticing God's gracious hand in your life. That's why you love being around encouragers. Because they're seeing things that God is seeing. And they're calling it out. And all oh, you need that. One of the times I felt like the biggest failure was doing church planning work. And uh, it, it, a lot of things weren't going well. I'll just say that. A lot of things weren't going well. And I remember a, an older woman who kept coming to church every Sunday. And every Sunday she would tell me how whatever I was preaching impacted her personally. And, and there were some things she said. and I, just, I always felt like if she was there, I was going to get lifted up in prayer. And I was going to get lifted up with encouragement. She, I, she was like the cheerleader during a really hard time. And you need that. You need comforters. You need encouragers. You need people to see God's hand in your life and call it out. Look what I see happening. <clears throat> Secondly, um, what you see him, Barnabas doing here is it says um, he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. His encouragement specifically was keep going, stay true to God. Again, it's not just about the compliment. It's not just about hey, you look nice today. That's a really sharp haircut. Where'd you get that at? You know, it, it, it's so much more than that. It, it is. It is. Keep going. Keep walking with God. You can do this. I believe God is working in you. Don't give up. And and for baby Christians, the Antioch Church, they're just they're just getting it started. You know, you, new Christians. It, this is so important. For new Christians. If you know someone, if God has put you in someone's life that's a new Christian, you need to be speaking into that. You need to come alongside them. By the way, come alongside, the reason I use that word, that phrase, is because uh, paraclesis means um, to call alongside. Uh, alongside to call. You know, that's what the word paraclesis means, that you're coming alongside somebody and and, and calling out things to them. You're encouraging them, you're exhorting them, you're comforting them, you're speaking a good word, you're sending an email, you're shooting up a prayer on their behalf, but but you are speaking into their life in a variety of ways. And that's what Barnabas does here. He's not there to inspect like Sherlock Holmes. He is there as a friend who comes in and says, "How can I make this better? How can I help you? How can I speak into your life how can i bring you the welcome of god and that's what he does and for a jewish person to come in and bring the welcome to these these new gentile christians again it's a big big deal um I love that Barnabas is described in verse 24 as a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. I mean, this is like Luke calling attention to Barnabas. And I don't want to spend too much time there, but I think it's just like this is a, this is a great guy in what he's doing. And then it says, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. This is verse 24. You that have the gift of encouragement, I would also ask, I wonder if you also might have a gift of evangelism. You know, that you're not only bringing the welcome of God to people, but you're bringing the welcome of God to the lost, people who need Christ, that, that you're, you're able to look into their lives and kind of discern what God is doing and, and, and speak good words to them. And point them to Christ. And even even tell them the bad news, that, that they need a savior, you know, that, that they'll go to hell without Jesus. But you're able to point to him and say, but God loves you and he wants to welcome you in. And when you bring that, you, what Barnabas sees here is people start coming to the Lord. It's amazing. So um, as we finish this up today, um, I just have a few more words for you. Um, I, I want to say this. for the, uh, Just, just, as some applications here. For those of you who don't encourage well, like you're not good at this, you are the negative person, can I just encourage you? (laughs) No pun intended, right? Can I just challenge you to practice encouragement? Can I tell you that your spouse needs it? Your children need it? Your friends need it? Your church needs it? lost people need it and you need to bring it you need to bring it to them and if you're not good at it i'm just saying practice 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 um i i meet with a group of pastors every other month and i'm not the strongest encourager there Um, other guys are quick with it they're just so fast and I know who those guys are. I'm just I'm just ready to see it. They're just they get there before I do. You know, like I want to say something, but they're just so much faster because it's so natural to them. But I'm not off the hook. I am not off the hook. I have to be an encourager. I have to build people up too. I'm not exempt and you're not exempt. You can't just say, well, I'm negative, and yeah, I just see, or I'm a realist, I just see how you know. No, no, no. You need to build people up. No excuses. I would give you a few verses like 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you're doing. You don't have to have the gift of encouragement to obey the command to build people up. And then a few verses later, 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone, encourage the timid, build people up. I think of Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin gets in there and it just hardens us up. Encouragers get in there and bring the welcome of God. Bring a godly perspective into this. Call out the grace of God and it softens us from the sin that wants to harden us. And we need you to be practicing that. I'd say to those who have the gift of encouragement, this is my word for you. You need to partner up You can pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out yourself. But listen to what Barnabas does here in verse 25. I didn't read it, but I want to share it with you now. Uh, Right after Barnabas encourages Antioch, it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. This is where Christian comes from. Little Christ Uh, what Barnabas does here is he goes and finds Paul. I mean, like Saul, Saul's doing things in Tarsus. He's busy on his own, but Barnabas brings him back. He doesn't go solo. He partners up. Maybe you're an encourager. Maybe you're someone who pours out, pours out, pours out, pours out themselves over and over again. It's possible that you could run a little bit on empty. Be careful. Get a partner, um, Have someone speak into your life, encourager. Don't think just because you're Mr. or Mrs. Positive that you don't need people speaking into your life. You need that. I need that desperately. You need it too. Um, Make sure you have people speaking into your life, Mr. or Mrs. Encourager. And uh, lastly, I would say uh, my last application is for those of you who... Um, some of you are really uh, connected to your encourager, that person in your life that speaks that good word to you. And I'd say for some of you, you might want to think, um, don't only get your encouragement from that one person. You know, it, It's possible you, be, you, be, you become so attached to that encourager that you start basing your whole faith on their faith. I mean, you're, you're so connected that it's like all based on them. And I want to warn you because in Galatians 2, it says... Um, That uh, Barnabas, that there was, there started to be some pressure for Jewish people to withdraw from Gentiles. And Peter withdrew from Gentiles. Like he acted like a hypocrite, you know, and he stopped eating with Gentile Christians. And, and Paul says in Galatians 2, uh, 13, even Barnabas was led astray. And I think this is a powerful statement. Even the son of encouragement was led astray. And withdrew from the Gentile Christians. I imagine that was discouraging for those Christians when Barnabas, of all people, withdraws. And I just want to say you know, you got to ground your faith in God, the God of the Bible, God's Word. You need to be digging into the Word to see what it says about you. It is a mirror for your soul. You will hear the God in the Bible who will speak into your soul. The God who lives inside you wants to use his word to speak about how he feels about you. He wants to to say those things to you. So um, it's great to have encouragers in your life. I, I would say you probably ought to thank them occasionally for the good word they speak to you. But don't forget of the encouragement that's in the scriptures that you need to hear. Um. Finally, as as we go this morning, uh, you have some notes in front of you. Maybe you took some sermon notes today. I would encourage you to do this. Would you take a strip of paper? Uh, maybe there's one in the pew in front of you or, or the chair in front of you. Or maybe you want to rip off the bottom of your sermon notes. And I want you to do that this morning. And I would like you to think about somebody in this building right now that you want to encourage in some way. And write them a sentence, or maybe two, and build them up. Encourage them. I want you to do it this morning if you can. Now, I know some of you are going to leave, and I'm not going to fault you. You're not, you're not disobeying me. But, but I just want to challenge you, even this morning, during the last song that we sing, would you write something down? And then after the service, would you walk up to that person that's in the church today and hand it to them? And not everybody's going to get a word of encouragement. So if you don't get one, don't, don't worry. I'm not there. I'm not going to get one. Um, but, but be an encourager. Practice it. That's the point. Would you practice it this morning? Writing a note, just a brief note to build something up. If you've got a criticism, you need to save that for later. I'm talking about something that would build them up. Okay? And then finally, um, for those of you that are here this morning and you don't No, Jesus, you've never accepted his forgiveness. Our message is this. This is the most encouraging thing we can say. Here it is. Because you have sinned and broken the laws of God, you deserve hell. That's bad news. You deserve judgment. But God loves you so much. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. That's the good news. That's the welcome of God. That's you're welcome into the kingdom. All you have to do is believe that Jesus has died for your sins. Confess those sins. Say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe you died for me, and now you live, and He will cleanse you. If you'd like to pray with me this morning to receive that, I'd invite you to pray a prayer like this Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I've broken your commands. The bad news is true. I deserve judgment. But I want to accept the good news. I want to accept your welcome of me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I want to accept that gift this morning. And I want to follow you all the days of my life so that one day when I die, I get to walk into your presence and I get to hear you welcome me in forever. Thank you for saving me. And Father, I pray for those. uh, I pray also for those here that um, are encouragers. I pray they keep doing their work. I pray for those who need encouragement, that you would build them up. And I pray for those who don't practice encouragement enough, that they would step forward and do what you've called them to do and build people up in the body of Christ. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.